The Lord spoke to me and told me some things. He said, you'll begin to write with a new anointing. And through the music and through the singing as you minister forth, my anointing will flow out from you. Those who believe that and receive that anointing will be healed in their body. Financial need will be met. Harmony will come to the home. The yoke of bondage will be broken because it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. I'm David Engels, and this is the Hour of Anointing. Did salvation mean in days gone by? Could it be it's still the same today? If the blood of Jesus hasn't lost its power, the full atoning act of Christ remains. What God has joined together, let it stand. The new birth of the Spirit, the heart of man. And healing for the physical is in redemption's plan. What God has joined together, let it stand. Salvation is an all-inclusive term, providing for the need of threefold man. Let's not be guilty selling short the cross. Let's take all he did and all he planned. What God has joined together, let it stand. The new birth of the Spirit, the heart of man. And healing for the physical is in redemption's plan. What God has joined together, let it stand. means our spirit born again saving of the soul our mind renewed healing of the body means good health this and more salvation does include what God has joined together let it stand the new birth of the spirit the heart of man and healing for the physical is in redemption's plan. What God has joined together, let it stand. La 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 Deliverance for the mental is also in His plan. What God has joined together, let it stand. What God has joined together, let it stand. I'm going to begin reading at Romans 13 right now, verses 1 through 7. Let every soul be in subjection to the higher powers, for there is no power but of God, and the powers that be are ordained of God. Therefore he that resisteth the power withstandeth the ordinance of God. And they that withstand shall receive to themselves judgment, 
for rulers are not a terror to the good work, but to the evil. And wouldst thou have no fear of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise from the same. For he is a minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid. For he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is a minister of God, an avenger for wrath to him that doeth evil. Wherefore ye must needs be in subjection not only because of the wrath, but also for conscience' sake. For this cause ye pay tribute also, for they are ministers of God's service, attending continually upon this very thing, render to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor." I want to go back up here to part of one of these verses here where it says, Wherefore ye must needs be in subjection, not only because of the wrath, but also for conscience' sake. So it just simply means that there's more to subjecting yourself rather than just figuring out what hurts the most. Sometimes we figure out, if I do this, this is going to hurt, so I won't do that. But we're being taught here by the Holy Spirit, uh, writing uh, through the instrument of Paul, that is, to the Romans, and says, you know, uh, be in subjection, not only because of the wrath, but also for conscience' sake. In other words, so your conscience will be good. You'll have peace in your heart. Now we're going to Hebrews 1 and verse 3, who being then the effulgence of his glory, and the very image of his substance, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had made purification of sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. We're going to go to Isaiah 14 right now. How art thou fallen from heaven, Lucifer, son of the morning? Thou art cut down to the ground that didst prostrate the nations. And thou that didst say in thy heart, I will ascend into the heavens. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, and I will sit upon the mount of assembly in the recesses of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Now that's Isaiah 14, verses 12, 13, and 14. Matthew 6 and 13, And bring us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now we're talking today about the importance of authority and being subject to authority. Now we're in uh, Matthew 26, verses 62 through 64. And the high priest stood up and said unto him, Answerest thou nothing? What is it with these witnesses against thee? But Jesus held his peace. And the high priest said unto him, I adjure thee by the living God that thou tell us whether thou art the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus saith unto him, Thou hast said. Nevertheless, I say unto you, Henceforth ye shall see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power, and coming on the clouds of heaven. The acts of God issue from his very throne, and God's throne is established on his authority. All things are created through God's authority, and all the physical laws of the universe are maintained by God's authority. The Bible expresses it as upholding all things by the word of his power, which means upholding all things by the word of the power of his authority. For God's authority represents God himself, whereas God's power stands only 
for his act. Sin against power is more easily forgiven than sin against authority. Because the latter, sin against authority, is against God himself. God alone is authority in all things. All the authorities of the earth are instituted by God. Authority is a tremendous thing in the universe. Nothing overshadows it. It is therefore imperative for us who desire to serve God to know the authority of God. The archangel turned unto Satan when he overreached God's authority and competed with God and thus became an adversary of God. Uh, rebellion was the cause of Satan's fall. We read it in Isaiah 14, and of course it also speaks of it in Ezekiel 28. It speaks of the rise and fall of Satan. The first passage in Isaiah uh, lays stress on how Satan violated God's authority, while the second passage, that is in Ezekiel 28, emphasizes his trespassing against God's holiness. To offend God's authority is a rebellion far more serious than that of offending God's holiness. Since it's a matter of conduct, sinning is more easily forgiven than rebellion. A rebellion is a matter of principle. Satan's intent of setting his throne above the throne of God, as he spoke there in the 14th chapter of Isaiah, that was the thing which violated God's authority. It was the principle of self-exaltation. The act of sinning was not the cause of Satan's fall. That act was but the product of his rebellion against God's authority. It was rebellion which God condemned. In serving God, you and I as believers, we must not violate authorities, because to do so is a principle of Satan. How can we preach Christ according to Satan's principle? Yet it is possible in our work to stand with Christ in doctrine, while at the same time stand with Satan in principle. How very wicked of us to assume that we're doing the work of the Lord. We're to take note that Satan is not afraid of our preaching the word of Christ, yet how much, how very much he is in fear of our being subject to the authority of Christ. Never should we who serve God serve according to the principle of Satan. Whenever the principle according to Christ is operating, that of Satan fades away. Satan is still a usurper today. He will be cast down at the time of the end of the book of Revelation. If we would truly serve God, we must be completely purified from the principle of Satan. In the prayer which our Lord teaches his church, the word and bring us not into temptation, points to Satan's work, whereas the word, but deliver us from the evil one, refers directly to Satan himself. Immediately after these words, the Lord makes a most significant declaration in that he says, For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Matthew 6 and 13. All kingdom, authority, and glory belong to God and to God alone. What sets us totally free from Satan is the seeing of this most precious truth. Since the whole universe is under the dominion of God, we have to subject ourselves to his authority. Let no one steal God's glory. Satan showed all the kingdoms of the earth to Jesus one day, but the Lord answered that the kingdom of heaven, it's God's. We must see who it is who has the authority. We preach the gospel in order to bring men into God's authority. This word will take effect. It will cause us to be conscious of God's authority. But how can we establish God's authority on earth? If we 
individually or ourselves have not met authority. How can we possibly deal with Satan? Before Paul knew authority, he tried to wipe out the church. After he had met the Lord on the Damascus Road, he saw that it was hard for the feet or human power to kick against the goads or the pricks, God's authority. He immediately fell to the ground, acknowledged Jesus as Lord, and after that he was able to submit to the directions given him by Ananias in the city of Damascus. For Paul had met God's authority. At the moment he was saved, he knew God's authority as well as God's salvation. You've been listening to The Hour of Anointing. To order David Ingalls' products, including music CDs and downloads, soundtracks and songbooks, call us toll-free at 1-877-34-RADIO or visit us online at diministries.org. And while you're there, check out audio archives of past programs, including today's broadcast. Our mailing address is David Ingalls Ministries, P.O. Box 1924, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74101. When writing, please include an offering for radio time along with the call letters of this station. Tune in weekdays at this same time for the Hour of Anointing with David Ingalls. Stop.